Welcome back to episode 53 of the 4th and Long Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen, joined alongside by the illustrious Jalen Johnson. How's that for an intro, Jalen? Illustrious. That, that's a great... I, I haven't had that adjective used beside my name before, so... Well, I'll you're welcome. It. You're welcome. It's a bit of a stretch, <laughs> but you're welcome. All right, illustrious. If, we haven't, if you haven't checked it out yet, um, recently we've had a busy week so far. This is going up on Friday... On Monday, we had Donnie's disposal for some AFL stuff uh, with the, the final starting. We also had our AFL finals preview show went up um, on Wednesday, I do believe. And then we also had our week three NFL recap show that went live on Thursday with mm-hmm. Alex Croft. We talked uh, broke down every game, talked about how the Ravens were holding back against the Chiefs potentially. And a whole bunch of other stuff. Go check that out. It's been great. But Jalen, what we got today for you, for for all you guys, is why are the Steelers being punished for the Titans' wrongdoings? Is this really the end of Mitch Trubisky in Chicago with the big dick Nick stepping up to the field? Who is the best 0-3 team, along with XFL returns, NHL reactions from the finals since it is now over? Some NBA stuff, Doc Rivers, the Heat, the Nets coaching situation, as well as some reactions to UFC 253, and some big fights and rivalries are going on at the moment, Jalen. But of course, we're going to start off with the question. Uh, so right now, Don says it's positive for, for the Rona. Um, mm-hmm. They've continued to test positive, and now their game has been postponed with the Steelers. It was supposed to be on Sunday. It, 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 they might have thought Monday, maybe Tuesday. That's all out of question now. So, and the NFL still hasn't come out and said what they're doing with that game, whether they're going to give the Steelers the bye week now, a second bye week technically, if they're going to move the game some other time. We don't know. I don't think the NFL knows either. But nope. why are the Steelers seemingly being punished for the Titans' wrongdoings, and should this game just result in a forfeit? I feel like um, it's kind of like the runners just kind of like, tricky i guess it's not like you could say that they blatantly went out of their way and got rona by breaking a certain rule now there was like a player that like like you know in the nba's case like they they have a bubble some player left the bubble came back with the runner or something like that that'd be different Mm. but in this situation they're traveling they're moving around they still have to see their families stuff like that somebody probably got it by accident and spread it to everyone else it probably was not a purposeful knowingly I'm breaking a rule to get Rona. You know, not like the so Raiders having really... unauthorized personnel yeah. in the locker room. You know, if, exactly. um, <laughs> if, if whoever that report was, if it came out, if it was, if they had the unauthorized personnel when they were in Foxborough, that's different. But if it was while they were still in Vegas, um, 100% they had a stripper in the locker room after after Most their second. win against the Saints. That's exactly what Most happened. <laughs> it's Oakland. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, swear to it's the Raiders in Vegas. Okay, we all mm-hmm. know what happens there. Yeah, but I, I don't think it was really a hundred percent. There's no reason to punish the Titans for it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's gonna happen. People are gonna get it. It's just gonna happen. Uh, and I don't really think the Steelers are being punished if they do end up getting their bye week again, which I do think that they should. I think they should just still give them their regular bye week and mm-hmm. have this game at the end of the season, a uh, week eighteen, just mm-hmm. postpone playoffs by a week. And because, you know, there, there are going to be the only one, man. This yeah, call- there's probably going to be the only one. So have a week, not even a week 18, call it week Corona and, and just have, 
all the games that get postponed throughout the year played then. Week 18. Week around. We, I, I think we could come up with a better name for that. Um, Most likely. The, 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 the Corona Crash. No, the, the Quarantine. No. We'll, we'll get back on that. We'll, we'll get back on that. Let us know. Ooh, the Kronos. <laughs> hey, let us know in, in the comments if you're on YouTube or uh, Twitter. Or also leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with their response to this question. Ooh. That I, I like I like I think I like that come on with best. your best name for what the week eighteen should be. Exactly. And now um we talked um in our NFL week three recap about um the uh big schlong of Nick Foles coming in um for Chicago and they beat up and they come back at, I mean we we already got pissed off at the Falcons in that breakdown. If you want to listen to all of our hate, go check that one out. Um but essentially BDN comes into the game. He leads a comeback. He throws for three touchdowns in that with one really weak interception. Hardly on him. Is this the end of Mitch Trubisky in Chicago? Is the Mitch era over as we know it? Is this Nick Foles' team from this point forward? Uh, No. It, it, well, yes and no. It is not Nick Foles' team going forward uh, after this season. But for this season, I think it is Nick Foles' team. Mr. Bisky is done. Um, Mr. Bisky should have been done a long time ago. <laughs> uh, he should not have been drafted where he got drafted. You mean <laughs> how he was drafted over, you know, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Hey, did you know they even traded up to take him before them? No one yeah, talks about they it. traded up one pick and lost a lot of picks for that. Um <laughs> I don't think it's going to be either of their team after this season. I think after this season, the the team's going to go over to a, a little-known quarterback from North Dakota, Trey Lance. Uh, I think they're going to end up drafting Trey Lance. Not enough people are talking about him. Not enough people are talking about him. They think he's a one-hit wonder, but that was a big one-hit. You know, that was almost as big hey, as that. Many superb Aglin song. Yeah, exactly. Josh Josh Allen had a, a a decent rookie year, and then came out and freaking blew the. Yeah, now he off. throws for five touchdowns against the Rams. So exactly, that it's unreal. Um, yeah, you know, just, I'm gonna say it. Matt Nagy. I was more surprised that Matt Nagy had the balls to actually pull Mitch out of the game, and mm-hmm. the Bears might not follow through, but they should. This should be the end of Mitch Trubisky in Chicago. Give up. It's over. He's not good. He was a wasted draft pick. He was a mistake. Just admit it already and get over it. Okay, there's no point. You've already made the mistake. There's no point in punishing yourself year after year after year and keeping him on the team. I think this is his contract year. Um, this is fourth year of his deal before he goes into um, his his option, with which the Bears haven't picked up yet. The Bears mm-hmm. should not resign Mr. Biscay. You already trade like a first round draft pick to or a second round to get Nick Foles in there in the first place. Just resign him after the season. He is going to be your better option moving forward. Just cut ties. It's over for Mitch. What he has nothing left that he's going to prove in Chicago. We've already seen the kind of quarterback he is. Just cut bait. That's all you have to do at this point. Just admit you're wrong and cut yeah. bait. You but gotta, the question is, <laughs> is Matt Nagy actually man enough to do that? I think I think, so. I, I think he uh I don't think he is, but I think at the same time he's not dumb enough to lose his job over a terrible quarterback. He's not mm, gonna lose his that job. That might be a stretch. Might be a stretch. <laughs> yeah. 
Give I him. mean, he's dumb, but like. <laughs> He's not I'll Adam Gase dumb. He's not Dan Quinn yeah, dumb. Yeah, give him a little bit oh, of slack. I think he's better than Matt Patricia. <laughs> yeah, oh, but I give him see. a little bit of slack here. Uh, I, I think he has a great chance of getting a good quarterback in the draft. And I think also the free agency class next year will be decent enough mm. for him to get a chance. At Who knows? So Maybe I think Joe Flacco will still be on the market. The elite one yeah. in Joe Flacco. Is, is Joe Flacco still in right now? No, I don't, no Sam I don't, Darwin I don't, got back in. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, know, but, uh, we're, we're referring to uh, – we're recording on Thursday, so we're referring to the Thursday night game. Um, and now, so in the breakdown, we did um, who is the worst 3-0 o- team besides the Bears because they obviously are. And so now we're doing who is the best 0-3 team, Jalen. So right now the teams that are 0-3, not including the Bengals and the Eagles because they're winless, but they have the tie. So I guess they're not as bad um, with math. Yeah, math. Um, but the 0-3 teams right now are the Jets, Giants, Texans, Broncos, Vikings, and the Falcons. So out of these teams, who is the best? One more time. Jets, Giants, <laughs> Texans, Broncos, Vikings, Falcons. Um, based off of potential, um, I would say I would probably go with the Texans, honestly. Um, the Texans are good. They're literally just, honestly, the main thing they lost was DeAndre Hopkins. If they had DeAndre Hopkins or a player with that skill set, I'm not saying like a top. Bill O'Brien didn't trade him for a bag of chili cheese Fritos in the second round draft pick. Exactly. Oh. Chili cheese Fritos aren't even the best Fritos, man. Like, <laughs> oh, now, if anything, that's the hottest take we've ever had on this show. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but um, I think the Texans. I think that they have the team. They just need to figure out what to do. They they don't have DeAndre Hopkins, which was their big deep threat. And, and now they just have a whole bunch of guys who they can take and tack on you all day. But then when it comes time for that big play, they don't have DeAndre Hopkins to make that big play. Like, a lot of the other good receivers that they have were everyone's worried about Hopkins. I burned somebody down the side. Now I get a catch. Like, most of the receivers were finishing, like, two receptions, one touchdown, now 86 yards. Now the guy there, I mean, yo, yeah, Brandon Cooks, uh, you bring him in. Will Fuller was always a good wide receiver, too, there. But none of those guys are wide receiver ones. They're all – the Texans are just filled with wide receiver twos. They don't have that guy. And we've seen De- DeAndre Hopkins has been that guy – in Arizona, he's been making a lot of moves for them. So yep. it's the Texans struggling off of that. But I think the team worse or, or better than them, I think it's the Falcons. If we're talking talent, if we're talking talent, the Falcons are easily the best 0-3 team. They should at least be 2-1 right now. They had two games, back-to-back weeks, where they, were, they had over a 99% chance of winning the game. It's been all Dan Quinn blowing it for them. Talent-wise, that team is damn good. Mm-hmm. And I, if the Falcons play the Texans, I'm picking the Falcons. Eight times out um, of ten. I think, I feel like I can't, I can't 100% put, like, I do think Dan Quinn has something to do with them losing. But at the same time, you kind of have to put on the players at a certain point when you're leading by that many points you can't put all that blame on your coach at that point when you're losing 20 point leads and stuff like that that late in the game it does come down to skill at that at that point sometimes like yeah coaching is going to play a big part don't get me wrong 
coaching does play a big part, but they're not losing off of, oh, broken coverage, dude ran down the field, oh, they got a lucky deep pass because we called a cover two and they ran a cover two beater. No, they're getting torn up. They're, they're, no, they're, they're, they're getting torn up because it's it's really unclutch play calling. We saw that in the Super Bowl in the third quarter. They're a big lead. And what they do, they go out and pass the ball a bunch of times, get a bunch of three and outs, take no time off the clock, make turnovers. It's And the players yeah. just, I, don't, they don't, I doubt like, they trust that, Dan Quinn, too. They don't trust That him. situation is, I do think that one was coaching's fault. They could have easily ran the ball, ran the clock out, and been good. And ran the clock. That Super Bowl was 100% coaching fault, not players' fault. But the games lately have not been, oh, we're just throwing the ball when we need to run the ball. They're doing what they need to do, but at the same time, then they're, then they're getting trashed on defense, or they're not finishing drives, and then they get trashed on defense again. It's not like these dudes are just big play, big play, big play. They're getting I'm torn apart the down the middle. It's it's I, the I scheme. I, it's I the scheme I, and the play calling. The problem. But I do at the same time think that based off the scheme and the players that are there, some of those players aren't meant to be in that scheme. So I do blame scheme at some point. But at the same time, you can't 100% just say, oh, I got beat on that route because my coach told me to run this. I like, mean, it's you not can't say that. <laughs> I mean, you can, but at the same time, it's, it's a 20-point lead. You don't lose a 20-point like oh, for just coaching with like three minutes. Mm, some of it, hard. some of the players – some of it has to go on to the player. I do think yeah. – I think it's 50-50. I think it's players and coaching. But I, I think right now I would blame the coach because I think if they were in a better scheme for the skill set that they have, they wouldn't be playing these positions. But at the same exact time, with what you have, you should be able to do something with it. And those them as players should be like, okay, we're up by 20. Okay, they just scored. Okay, they just scored. We have to do something. Like it, it's as, – as, as players, you have to be able to tell, okay, they keep hitting us with that route. I should be able to watch that more. At least stop it. Like if they were – like, yeah, there's a bad, bad play call, but if they're not beating us with like 60, 70-yard plays, then that means I can see that and I can stop them to a field goal based off of my ability to play. So I think it's 50-50, or if I do what I can say is a more of a 65% the coach's fault. But I do think still a good majority of the the um, fault has to go to the players also. I think I think we can put a big part on coaches, but there's still like a 40, 40% on the players. I think the players should be able to not allow that big of a comeback like that. Nonetheless, it's still remarkable that Dan Quinn has been fired. That yes. that Adam Gay still has a job as well. They they yes. should be having. We've talked about that over the last couple of weeks. So we're just kind of being a dead horse at this point. Um, yeah, a really dead horse has been dead for like three seasons. Hey, a horse that we thought was dead, but was revitalized in 2020 was the XFL. How's that for a segue? Damn, I'm good. Yeah. But now we had the glorious XFL yeah, we did in, in 2020. Um, it, it's okay. It's okay because XFL is <laughs> all that matters. Okay, we, we ain't skipping anything. XFL we we just get to the good stuff, dude. Because the XFL remarkable 2020. We've had a couple of XFL interviews. Um, defensive backs coach from the uncrowned champions, the Houston Roughnecks. Thank you very much, Jalen. Um, we had him on. Go check that one out as well as we also had the greatest kicker in XFL history and the greatest Broncos. Boise State Broncos, kicker of all time. Tyler Raza made his appearance on the show. Go check that one out. Um, had that one out last week. Um, but The Rock 
He's the new owner of the XFL. He goes out today and he tweets early this morning that the XFL will officially be coming back spring of 2022. Your mm-hmm. reactions and thoughts to this glorious news? Uh, I'm excited. I'm especially excited that they didn't say 2021. I'm going to tell you why right now. That uh, why I wasn't happy that it was 2021. Yes. I was happy that they didn't rush this. 2021 is right around the corner. It's October now. Um, and I didn't want them to rush and try to throw stuff together and end up failing business-wise. I know that the, the XFL was able to come back because they were a success until Corona happened and then it went downhill. They were they were, they were going to rev- generate over $20 million in revenue if it wasn't for Corona. And they were exactly. popular, too. Those stadiums like in St. Louis, yeah, exactly. Seattle was filled. Houston was filled. Mm-hmm. Those decent defenders fans were something else too. Yeah, exactly. And their entire fan bases and everything. I think we're gonna have to try to slide some more XFL gear before it goes back up as expensive as it was. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely gonna probably snatch a jersey. Uh, but um, I'm glad that they waited to 2022. This allows time for the next group of players, especially with everything going on with Rona. Uh, players who are losing years of eligibility, players who are skipping their next season because they don't want to wait to see what's going on with Rona. Those not top-tier players who aren't probably going to go into NFL or probably would have gone sixth or seventh round can now have a chance at that XFL uh, chance. Uh, people get they have, prepared, they have a chance to prepare everything how they want it to, fix up the rules that they can see after the first couple weeks that did actually happen in the XFL, see what they liked and didn't like, fix those problems that they had. I mean, there weren't a lot of blatant problems from the first year of the XFL, but there were still a couple that they could fix. Talent, uh, marketing, they can get that out the way. If they need to make any edits to any teams, they can get that out the way. And just overall, giving themselves time to... Uh, to make sure that there is no error when it comes time to actually play. They're yeah. not just rushing it out so people can watch football. They're trying to make the best product that they can make so the XFL can be here for a long time. Yeah, you really just hit the nail on the head with that one. I was relieved more that they're not trying to rush this thing. It's a smart thing. is a business. Um, also, we're, it sucks, but we're not guaranteed to have fans back in stadiums by spring of 2021. 22. Mm-hmm. If we don't, if we're not back to normal by then, I probably would put the ball in my head no matter what, so it doesn't matter. But that that gives them a lot more time to deal with everything. Yeah, I see your face. I you know it's true. Um, <laughs> but and then it it gives everything ironed out. <laughs> it um it allows you to just solidify your plans to to build up on the on the league as well. They might be moving teams around too. It gives them time to do that. I heard mm-hmm. the closest rumors that Tampa might be uh, on the move. So mm-hmm. you can do that or you can add. There are also a couple of rumors that the XFL was planning on doing. Because la- oh, last year their early plan was finish the season with the teams they had, which was what, eight eight teams mm-hmm. total? It was eight. Yeah. Finish what they had, see if they did good, and then expand with more teams. Hey, can we see so 10 there are teams? A couple of yeah, there's can a rumor that it is probably going to end up going to 10, maybe 12 teams for the 2022 season, that's probably why they, that's why they want to relocate so they had time to figure just, out stadiums, yeah, stadiums this, and stuff. Like that. It's perfect. It, it, there's no need to rush this thing because mm-hmm. it, it took them 20 years to, to make it make, make the return it's anyway. Right, yeah. And even when they announced in like 18 and then come back for a couple years, so this is just very smart on their end. Oh, would you know the Rock is doing something right? 
God bless The Rock for taking over the league because he is just damn near perfect, let alone the fact that he might be playing. So, <laughs> I would like to see that. I would love to see that. And Jalen, so recently we had the end of the Stanley Cup Finals. Of course, the Sharks weren't even in the playoffs, so it was just eh. Um, and then the Dallas Stars beat up on the Golden Knights in a five-game series in the... Let's just get to the final. <laughs> it was a six-game. We had the Tampa Bay Lightning taking uh, the, the Stanley Cup in six games against the Dallas Stars and reactions from this is I think um, it was a phenomenal series. I the, the games and the levels were really good, especially that game five, Dallas staving off elimination, double overtime. Man, I was on the edge of my seat for that one. Uh, but you could see uh, from game one, even though the Stars won game one, if you saw the shot clock and you saw just um, pretty much the way the game, the game felt, Tampa... It's sorry, Dallas, this whole playoffs, they won because of grit and they won because of team chemistry. But when you have a team that has team chemistry and just a better team as well, that that was the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning were, they, uh, they proved that they were the best team in the league this year. And I really do believe that they were. They were just, they just out-talented Dallas in some points. But Dallas with a phenomenal series. I was disappointed because I want my boy Joe Pavelski to finally get the cup that he deserves. And even though you're a Knights fan, you could still respect Captain America right there. But former Shark Barkley Goodrow, you know, the guy that uh, beat Marc-Andre Fleury in Game 7 of Round 1 of the playoffs a couple years ago. He gets his cup. Steven Stamkos gets his cup. And, um, man, that was... An end to a really, once again, a really good Stanley Cup playoffs. And it was, um, I don't know, there's just something about it. The weirdness of the 2020 playoffs. I was really weird how it was going to play out. No one knew what the hell was going on. But the playoffs were a success. The bubbles were a perfect success in Edmonton and Toronto. And the NHL did everything right. And they perfectly executed this postseason. So hats off to them and all the teams yes. that took place. Oh, for sure. Uh, this this playoffs, honestly, people were kind of looking down on it, saying that it might not be good. This is some of the best hockey we've seen in a long time. Yes. Every single round, very competitive. Well, even some of the games. You got to take time off. We've got healthy players hit their peak. It's even better. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And even some of the series that did finish 4 0 or in uh, like 4 1. Even those series were competitive games. It wasn't like people were just getting beat 6-0 each game. Like, a lot of the games, that I mean, series that ended 4-0 were like 3-2 or 3-2 overtime or 1-1. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they were close games all the way through for everybody throughout the entire playoffs. So, it, it, it was amazing to see. It was great hockey. I don't know if we're going to get another season like that ever again. Uh, where players get rested up before playoffs. Like, imagine oh, that. Oh, no. A season ends, and then we wait two months or something like that, and then tell everybody to come back healthy and then play. Like, players would come back so just pumped up and energized and ready to go. <laughs> right. But, yeah, no, it was it was some great hockey. I'm glad I got to witness it. Great job for Tampa Bay finishing that off. Um, they well-deserved that they were dominant during regular season. They were dominant during postseason, and it was well-deserved. Exactly. Phenomenal postseason 
Now, Jalen, here is where you make your money. And speaking of money, Doc Rivers signs a five-year deal. Formerly Clippers head coach, fired. Now he's with the 76ers. Two questions for you, Jalen. One, was Doc Rivers a problem in Los Angeles? No. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Was he just a scapegoat for them? He was the scapegoat for sure. You, you you can't you can't trade Paul George because all that stuff you just traded for him, and you can't trade Kawhi because then you don't have a team. Okay, Paul George, Kawhi, and the other players on that team played like trash, absolutely trash. Kawhi the most. He was so disappointing. At one point, and one I forget which game it was, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard combined were like five for forty. Mm. That you don't do those are your star players and combined they were five for four. Is that due due to coaching? That is not due to coaching. <laughs> that, is, that is not his fault. Well, what was the RDC world? That shit was not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> All the trash. <laughs> he was a scapegoat. They had trouble getting past the first round for a long time, um, and then in that situation, it was kind of just came down to, all right. Even though this year was not his fault. They were like, okay, this has happened way too many times. Let's just see if a change will make a difference. Maybe a different scheme or a different thing will not even put us in that situation in the first place, you know? Mm-hmm. But they did go 3-1. They had three games to finish it off, and they didn't do it. That is not coaching. You had three games to do it. You guys won the ga- You guys won three games with that same game plan. Yeah. You're telling me all of a sudden that's a bad game plan? <laughs> no. They couldn't shoot. They were trash. I'm not saying that overall they are a trash team, mm-hmm. but for those last three games of the series where they went over three and got eliminated, they are trash. <laughs> so is he co- is he gonna make the 76ers better? Now is the second question. Yes. Uh the 76ers have had a problem with scheme. Uh, when it came to playoffs. I think in their case, coaching was slightly a problem. While their stars were performing, it wasn't like, I mean, they did have games where their stars didn't perform, but theirs were more, they were playing good and they were getting outplayed on defense. Doc Rivers is good with having a good, strong defense and coaching his players to be in the right position at the right time. Besides, obviously, what just happened, which was not his fault. (laughs) And um, with that core that he has, Hopefully they make a trade and see if they can get somebody to go better with Joel Embiid. Uh, ben Simmons might be on the move from what I've heard. Uh, jo- uh, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris is over there. They need to make some type of change um, to try to get somebody who can hey, facilitate. Hey, go for Jimmy Butler to get out there early. Yeah, he got out there early. Everyone's making fun of him. Now he's in the finals where they're at home. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, but I feel like he'll be a good uh, – that's a good spot for him. Uh if he can make it somewhere with that, uh, then he could definitely prove himself as a coach again. And I feel like a lot of people are putting it on him. So it's definitely a great spot for him himself to kind of show that he still has it. He could still be a dominant coach in the league, and he can lead a dominant team. Um, and hopefully they do something and provide him with the people he needs to do what he needs to do. I, I like it. I like the move. Uh, and honestly, as soon as I saw that Doc Rivers was fired, I was like, oh, cut and dry. He's going to the Sixers. It's just the smart move, and it, it's the one that makes the most sense, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since we brought up Jimmy Butler, let's talk about his team then. 
they got blown out in game one. There's mm-hmm. there's no other way to put it. They got blown out in game one. So it if there is a chance, how do the Heat come back and change things up um, later on? Can, step one. Yeah, step step one. one, don't get injured. They, they, <laughs> Gordon Dragic got hurt, which he actually might be out for a, a couple more games. Jimmy Butler got hurt. Bam Adebayo got hurt. And who else knows who else is banged up in that locker room? But they retired from what they just did last series. And leading up to last series, they were undefeated. They lost their only two games of playoffs so far in the last series. I believe the last series in a 4-2, if I'm not wrong. I mm-hmm. believe it was 4-2. Um, and they they honestly, they they're, I think they were beating up. I think they were tired. I, I think they were just tired. I uh, think that's honestly bad for them because now they're down – down one game to the Lakers, who are a very good and dominant team. Yeah, uh, I do think they think they can beat them. I think uh, you know, three point three point shooting is definitely going to be the difference. Tyler Hero needs to get going. Jimmy needs to be able to shoot threes. Bam needs to get his rebounds, um, and they need to facilitate the ball, uh, make that extra pass to get that three point. Three point is going to keep them in the game. Um, I think that they have better three point shooters than Lakers do, and if they can get out to early leads and continuously make a good percentage of their three-point shots and not just the, – but the thing is you you live and die by the three-pointer. So mm-hmm. while you can't – they can't win this series with the three-pointer, if they are shooting and airballing and missing and bricking and not getting offensive rebounds, that will be the depth of them, and this will be a very short 0-4. Uh, but you got to take the chance. Final. If that's the only way – yeah. Uh, they're not going to – Or they – in your opinion – how many games does does the series go? I think it goes six, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes seven. I think it goes six. Um, I still think the Heat can win it just based off of uh, three point shooting. They've mm-hmm. had dominant three, three point shooting this entire time, and they have to avoid fouling. If they can avoid fouling LeBron and getting him and and Anthony Davis to the line, that's where a lot of teams have gone wrong. LeBron ends up with like 14 uh, free throws a game. AD ends up with like seven or eight so you're free throws. James a game. Harden, exactly, and that's already 20 some points that they get without without wasting the clock at that. And then they they have a decent they have decent big men who will weigh on you and tire you out and while pummeling you and you get tired and there's all these free throws that 20 points comes in handy. If you take away those 20 points, that game's a a, a tie game or a very close game. Or the Heat even win that game without mm-hmm. without twenty free throws. So if they can avoid fouling while also making an efficient amount of their three pointers, they can definitely take this series back. I think it goes six or seven. I don't think this ends up in four unless they end up like airballing three pointers after three pointer, which I hope they do not do. Uh, but I still I'm I was pulling for the Heat just because of, you know it's kind of like an underdog story this entire playoffs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They was expecting them to get this far, so you know I, I do want them to win. Um, but I think if they can't pull, if they can't pull it together and uh, avoid getting injured and all that stuff I just talked about, um, I think it's going to be a tough one. But I do think either way it goes uh, six or seven games. And now, if we want to go back to the topic of coaching, um, can we talk about the Nets? Uh, I, I if you want, call it coaching. I'll put down quotes. Coaching situation. Uh, Kyrie Irving recently having an interview where. They're saying that they might not even have a legitimate head coach, and they might have. And we're saying like, "Oh, Kyrie might coach uh, a little bit, or KD coach a little bit." What? Yeah. What? Um, is it? 
it, if this ain't the most Nets stuff imaginable. Yeah. Um, I don't like it. I think it's I think it's fine to have players on the team who are kind of like give coaching input. Hey, coach, this isn't working. I think we should try this out type stuff. I'm fine with that. That stuff's okay. Do that. I'm cool with that. I don't think you should go into the season without a coach saying players because then it turns into, okay, one player is taking over too much and he wants to keep getting himself the ball. Mm-hmm. Like If it turns to, okay, Katie's like, okay, we're going to play. Pass the ball this way, revert that way. Everyone get the hell out of my way. Pass the <laughs> ball back to me. I'll take 30 shots See, a game. I don't like that. <laughs> I know how this can work, though, Jalen, but to, 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 it's a flowchart. I got two questions, though. Uh, one, mm-hmm. are you LeBron James? If yes, no. then yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> coach the team like he's been doing his whole career. No, mm-hmm. don't coach the team. Or second option, are you the Golden State Warriors from two years ago when Steve Kerr wanted to take a break? Yes? Yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. It works. No? Um, <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, come on now, man. Come on. What, where are they? Yeah. No, I... Hire a coach. There's a point teams have head coaches. Okay. I think I think it's a bonus for them. First of all, the reason I think it benefits them more uh, is definitely because they don't have to worry about it. They won't have to worry about coaching. That's one <laughs> less thing off your shoulder. You can't have have a bad coach if you don't have a coach. Exactly. There's nothing to blame. Because look at this. If this goes wrong, guess who gets fired? You guys. (laughs) You're the coach. You will be traded. This now all falls on you. Your team will not stay together. It just doesn't work. And then another thing is, now you have to get a guy where everyone's going to buy into which mm-hmm. is why you usually put that on a coach because you guys have your team chemistry and then you have your coach who has to buy into the team chemistry and make it work. But when they, if the coach is a player, then it turns into what if you have a, uh, there's a player on the team who I don't really get along with that guy, but he's only my teammate, so whatever, I'll get through it. But now he's my coach too. <laughs> no, I don't want to be here. So my whole thing is being a coach, uh, having a coach mm-hmm. takes the responsibility off you guys. So yep. I don't have to come up with game plan but i can also do an adjustments when i feel needed but i don't have to worry about it full time and then, and then you can focus on your play i feel like Kyrie and katie and everyone else they have there are great fits together and they play great with the coaching staff mm-hmm. that helps them out you can always learn something from someone else even if they're not the best coach in the world you can still learn something from them and you guys can be fine you guys can be great they could be a playoff team that does great next year they have a coach to help them coach. But when it turns into a player's thing, then every single player was going to want their touches. And if one player's not getting enough touches, now he's not going to want to pass you the ball. Why? Because you're the coach not getting him the ball. I, I think so, <laughs> it's just, I think that to sum this up, um, no, no, don't. Yeah, don't, There's just, don't, it pretty don't. much is summing up. There's more negative aspects that can come from this than positive aspects. Exactly. Like, yeah, you can find out, hey, not having a coach is cool. But then you go... <laughs> But the negatives are teammates might not like you. If it fails, who do you blame? <laughs> right. All that the stuff. Nets always love the good scapegoat as a head coach. Now you don't have exactly. that. You have to have a good scapegoat, even if he's not actually coaching. <laughs> Revert back to step one. Are you LeBron? <laughs> are you LeBron or are you the Warriors from two years ago? If not, get a coach. <laughs> Why do we have to say that? Get a coach. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Now let's wrap this show with some UFC stuff. Jalen, reaction to, from 253. Unfortunately, we just weren't able to get a recap show of the card itself. So we're just doing that here. Um, yeah. First off, I'm going to say, I'm Jalen, congrats to breaking my record for most title defenses for the Suck My Pick title. Uh, big congrats to you. But at the same time, I really want to pat myself on the back for calling exactly the co-main event. I said, Yawn. Second round knockout, and what did we get? We got Jan mm -hmm. embarrassing a really bad-looking Dominic Reyes. Starching him in the second round, he turned Dominic Reyes' um, right ribs into it, it looked like you know what those uh, that YouTube trend a little bit getting a hot knife and, and cutting it with stuff. You remember how it turned that super bright orange and red? That's yeah. what his side looked like. It looked real yeah. bad, <laughs> real bad. Yeah. Then Jan just starches him. Really he bad. is your new light heavyweight champion. What do you think of this fight? Um, this fight, like I said in the um, episode 52 show when we talked about it, uh, I was really hoping Yon won, mm -hmm. uh, but the safe pick was Reyes. It, it was. I'm not going to go it against was. it and say oh, that. A hundred percent was. The safe pick was Reyes, and I went with Reyes. Reyes looked good. I didn't expect him to come out looking that bad. Um, he just looked, he looked like something was off. I'm not mm -hmm. going to make excuses for him, but he looked like something was off. Yeah. And then right when I saw those leg kicks land, and the damage the first one did, and then the second one, that that mark that was made was two or maybe three kicks. Yes, that made that mark. Well, I love because it was that left kick, left by the kick combo, and it goes to a one two to the head. It was he was just he hit that same combo like four or five times, and it worked every time. Yeah, Especially it was like it was like a one two, but as he was throwing two, he would lean and throw that after two would throw was thrown, mm -hmm. the leg was already going up. So Reyes just for some reason couldn't see it coming, and his, it kept landing. He was tired. I, I don't know. Did he end up breaking a rib? Because that looked like a rib was broken. Uh, no news from <laughs> it. Uh, I, he was not yeah. a Tyron Woodley, at least according to uh, uh, after the fight reports. But, yeah, it just looked like by the time Jan actually started landing and then ended up breaking his nose, um, it looked like he was exhausted. It looked like those body kicks had done their damage, uh, and he was just out of there. It, it, those, I feel like he didn't expect those kicks to do as much damage as they did. And mm -hmm. then by the time he realized that, oh crap, I probably should have blocked those, defended those better, it was too late. And I, I think that's why Jan got the win. I mm -hmm. feel like he underestimated how much damage those kicks were doing to him. And then when he started feeling them after that mark was made, uh, he was like, this this crap kind of hurts. Oh yeah. And then getting, having to worry time you could see those punches that start landing you can see he has started dropping his elbows a little bit trying to block that kick from landing that same exact spot and what's and that open up exactly your chin and so he ended up getting a touch got his nose broke bleeding all over the mat and <laughs> after that fight he looked totally confused so exactly and then the thing yeah. there is a lot of similarities between the the two title fights was leg kicks um body kicks and just um a second round knockout and storching your opponent because there's so many people going like, oh, this is a huge style match. Izzy never faced a guy like this before. And what does he do? He goes out and absolutely dismantles Paula Costa. Israel Anasanya is on a different level when it comes to striking. And I was not surprised. Did you? Oh, man. Dude, the, the, the red leg kicks that he was putting onto the left knee of Paula Costa made me cringe. Those look that so painful. Oh, I re in the I rewatched that fight. Mm -hmm. When I rewatched that fight, 
Polo Costa, like at first when I was first watched that fight, I didn't notice it. But when I rewatched it, Polo Costa, after like two or three leg kicks, was damn near running away yes. every time one punched well, at him. Okay, so the was just running away around the octagon. He does the exact same thing that he's making fun of Izzy for doing. Exactly. He was literally running like there. Izzy would flinch at him. I don't know if you guys if you guys have an Instagram, go check out Israel Adesanya's pace. He posted a video so of him like fainting, and Paulo Costa was like jumping across yes. the ring, trying to get away from that crap. It was hilarious. What I I was had no qualms with Paulo Costa before this fight, but everything I've seen <laughs> after, I he's made me despise him. Because he's talking, I mean, to be, both of them are, but he's talking all this trash before the fight. Then he gets demolished. Then he, uh, you know, Izzy does a little little dry hump in action. Um, and yep. then he just, it, it was it was full. <laughs> um, and then he talks a bunch of trash after the fight. And now Paula Costa is the one crying on Instagram looking for a rematch and calling Israel on to something disrespectful. No, you got your ass whooped. You wear that. And... <clears throat> It, it's yeah, so it's a bad look. It. It's a bad look, dude. My whole thing is I understand people talk trash. You have to sell pay-per-view. Sometimes you really just don't like the person you're fighting. Mm -hmm. I get it. People do it. It's a good part of sport. I, I'm not going to lie. I like seeing it. It sells I like people it. It sells it. I love it. But when you talk trash like that, and then you get absolutely dominated like that, you can't turn around. Like That's like the whole bully thing. Like If I'm bullying you, talking trash, calling you, calling your mom out of her name, mm -hmm. and I get punched in the nose, I can't go crying saying I got bullied. No, I started this. <laughs> it, 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 I started this. I got myself into this trouble. I have to admit I was wrong. He won. And now he's it's looking over. for a rematch? No. 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 Jalen? Jalen? No, 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 yeah. no. The next fight that Israel Insani is fighting, I know he wants to fight in 2020. The logistics of that, I don't think it's happening because mm -hmm. we have to wait until our October card this month in just a few weeks. Gaethje mm -hmm. and Habib Nurmega Madoff, the co-main of that is going to be absolute barn burner. Number one, Robert Whitaker against number three, Jared Cannonier. And mm -hmm. honestly, Jared Cannonier, I think he's going to win this fight. And I think he's yeah. going to be the next opponent for Israel Insania. And I know yeah. we keep on saying this every time, but he is going to be the best fighter that Izzy's fought. Uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, but it's hard because you have to give two months. Know. It's October. You have two months yeah. until the year ends. I don't think Izzy's getting another fight in 2020. I don't think he's fighting. I think he fights January, maybe February of next year. Um, I don't see him fighting again this year. Unfortunately. Uh, I, think, I think, honestly, though, I feel like he dispensed uh, – he he gives rid of Jared Cannonier the same way he gives rid of Costa, uh, but I think it takes him longer to do. Jared Cannonier is slightly smarter of a fighter than Paulo mm -hmm. Costa is. Uh, I wouldn't even say slightly; he's a way smarter fighter than Paulo Costa is. <laughs> I, it, before that fight happened, I would have said slightly. After that fight, he is a lot smarter than Paulo Costa. Israel Asanya um, might be the best striker in the UFC right now. Yeah, and I hate that he would hate that I have to say this. I think he's very similar to John Jones. Uh, they are both strategic masterminds. See, let's uh, talk they... about John Jones, though, Jalen, because John Jones, after this, I mean, he's all over Twitter, uh, like like usual, and being so John Jones, a keyboard warrior, is what he's turning yeah. into at this point. Unfortunately, he's, that, so. he's annoying. Honestly, he's getting annoying, and I don't like it. But Jan wins. 
Um, then John Jones goes, oh, do I have to move back down to get my title again? He, he tweets that out. And then and he's talking all this. It's like, dude, you made you gave up your belt. You made mm-hmm. the commitment to move up to heavyweight. I need to at least see one heavyweight fight. Don't talk about this whole moving down to light heavyweight. Make up your mm-hmm. mind. Go to heavyweight. Yet Yon have his run in the light heavyweight division. Let the light heavyweight division move on because, quite frankly, that division's already moved on from you. Go to the heavyweights, stick with that, mm-hmm. and see what you can do. Get your ass rocked by Francis Ngannou, and then come running back to the light heavyweight division. Yeah, I see it as um. Well, first off, uh, before that fight um at UFC, what was it, two fifty three? Um. Yeah. Jan and Reyes, they were fighting for that light heavyweight belt, but they were uh, Jan is now the first person to hold that belt besides John Jones and Dar- uh, Daniel that Cormier since 2011. Yeah. No one else has held the light heavyweight <laughs> belt other than two men since 2011. And the only reason Daniel Cormier even won it is because John Jones had his issues. Mm-hmm. So pretty much, if John Jones didn't have his issues, I mean. He probably could have lost at some point. Some pretty but large without issues. That, without those issues, he would have probably been champ from 2011 to 2020. Mm-hmm. And then probably gave up his belt probably still. I think he would have done it earlier if he never had those issues. I think he would have went to heavyweight earlier. But I think he's going to have a fun time at heavyweight. I think he's going to enjoy it. <laughs> I think he does have a chance of being one of the top heavyweights. I think his skill set is oh, a lot 100%. of uh, it's a skill set a lot of heavyweights don't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. And so now they're going to have to try to worry about it. And I don't think everyone is prepared in the heavyweight division for that type of skill set to come up there. So, I think my um, question for you, though, is does mm-hmm. a light heavyweight John Jones even excite you anymore? Because he doesn't for me. I I just don't care yeah, anymore. I feel like he does. I, I feel like I don't – like, honestly, I don't want to see John Jones lose because I feel like – I don't want to see him lose – not even for me. I don't want to see him lose because I know the second he loses, everyone's going to bash him like he was the worst fighter ever. Mm-hmm. When John Jones, if, if he's not number one, he's number two of all time. Number one that, is GSP. That, I, can't, I don't think I can say GSP because I think both of them in their prime, I think John Jones would beat GSP. Well, of course he would. He's he, different way. I mean, pound for pound, I like GSP. We could, we could debate this all, all day long, but um, your point... You're, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you said your point. I thought you were going to keep going. Oh, no. uh, but it does, it, it does kind of excite me. I, I think John Jones is a strategic mastermind. I would love to see how he how he would get rid of y'all. Because that's kind of one of the main things he's done. In I the just heavyweight. prefer him a heavyweight now. We've, I do. Like, the thing I, is, honestly, we've I, seen that over since 2011, we've seen what John Jones can do at the light heavyweight division. We need to see what he – he needs yeah, to prove I himself. I if he really wants to make a name for himself as the greatest fighter of all time, I need mm-hmm. to see him win heavyweight fights. Yeah, uh, I think. I, don't get me wrong. I would love to see him at heavyweight. I would love to see him at heavyweight more than I would love to see him at light heavyweight. But uh, light heavyweight John Jones still does still excite me, just based off the fact that he's been such a strategic mastermind and he's beaten everybody he's gone against. Even though he is that one next to his name, that doesn't count. I don't care no. what anybody says. No. It doesn't count. That Ever. is a DQ with, with a BS rules. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. doesn't count. Um, I think that he's strategically dismantled everybody he's fought, even if those close fights that you guys want to say. He's literally pretty much could write a book of how to beat every person he's fought. 
And I, I would love to see like his game plan against certain fighters in the light heavyweight division. So I think it would still like, excite me to see him against a couple of people, mm-hmm. but I do prefer him at heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm really, really right there with you. And then the Jones and Israel Anasanya, John Jones on Twitter again, they re-sparked their rivalry. They, we may very well see Israel Anasanya and John Jones in 2021. Um, I don't. The thing is, though, I don't need this fight right now. I'd much rather see John Jones have a, at least one heavyweight fight, and I'd rather see Israel Insania either have his title fight against Jaron Cannonier or have a rematch against Robert Whitaker. Those excite me more. I'd like to see this down the line, but as of right now, I can wait on this. What about you? Um, I don't want to see it. Honestly, ever uh, I, I don't, I don't want to see it. Um, it's not something I want to see. Um, I think they both lose something in this fight. Uh, I don't think they. There's nothing to gain from this from for either of them. It, it, Israel probably, yeah, you could be saying like, oh, I'm the greatest, but then people are gonna say, okay, resume. They, you, you haven't found any of the greats. John Jones dispatched all the greats, mm-hmm. and I think John Jones, he, he has nothing to prove from this at all. Whether he whether he wins or if he loses, there's something that everyone can say about it. But if he wins, there's nothing to say. It's like, oh, okay, everyone knew you're gonna do that. But if I, Israel Adesanya beats him, then it's like, okay, you went and beat John Jones in his prime. Then and so there's none of the game for either of them from this. Uh, Israel Adesanya, uh, I would think if that was to actually benefit him, he would have to have fought for like another two or three more years. But yeah. by then, John Jones is not going to be. I, I mean, and he probably could. He's probably still going to be a dominant fighter. But at yeah. that point, it's kind of like it's, it's past. Uh, so I think this is kind of open different spots for this to be a, a And for talking Izzy's goals, we all know he's been the one that wants to be the greatest middleweight of all time. And he's mm-hmm. trying to fight everyone in the middleweights and dispatch all of them. I think it's best just to stick with that. Just fight the yeah. middleweights. Fight If you beat every single middleweight contender, it doesn't matter if you fought John Jones or not. You're still going to be the greatest middleweight of all time. That's what we have to focus on. And I stay in your lane, essentially, I yeah. think is what this it's is like, right now. Like, stay in your weight class. Like yeah, I don't, it's not like I don't even think that he would win. I think he has a chance of winning. I think they're very stylistically the same person. Mm-hmm. I think there's a chance that that fight turns into a, just a strategic battle. Um, but it's just like, honestly, it's like there's nothing to gain from this for either of them. While it would probably be an exciting fight. It has a larger chance of being a boring fight. It's going to be worse than the Romero fight. They're both going to be strategically waiting for them to do something. And the other one's going to be because they're both very patient so fighters. The thing is, at, they're both counter strikers, too. Exactly. They will both wait. They will both sit there. <laughs> one will rush, and the other one will hey, do the same. Hey, there ain't no yellow card for Timothy in the UFC. Exactly. I just I don't want to see it just because it's like it killed. Whoever loses is going to get trashed, and I don't want to see it. It's not what um, risk, man. And then whoever wins, John Jones, if he wins, he gets nothing out of it. And Izzy, if he wins, doesn't really get anything out of it because people are going to say John Jones is past his prime. Exactly. I, I, don't, I don't see the benefit of this. So Besides to get their beef over, uh, just... Uh, I think they should just continue to beef, honestly. If, if anything, just do your charity match like what Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier are reportedly doing. Okay, the gym, you, okay, come on, another good segment segue right there. You gotta give me that. But yeah. <laughs> Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, reportedly, according to both fighters, that the, in December they're having a charity sparring match. 
Uh, Dana White hasn't really said much on this except the fact that he's offered both of them a fight, like an actual fight inside a UFC octagon. Mm-hmm. Charity's cool, yeah. but honestly, I'd rather see these guys in the cage. <laughs> I mean, they can still make it a charity thing. It could be a donate UFC your purse. event. Donate no, part donate of your purse. purse for all of your purse. Connor, uh, you already have your whiskey business, okay? You don't need this fight purse. Yeah, they, honestly, they probably make more money if they did it as a UFC, anyways. Um, I think. I would like to see it. I would like to see how far Poirier has progressed since the last Especially time. Especially the rematch, fought. man. Last time Poirier got TKO'd by Conor McGregor. Oh, yeah. I honestly wouldn't be surprised just predicting this. Would not be surprised if Dustin Poirier gets his revenge. I don't think he will. I think he gets tagged and just obliterated again. Still want to watch uh, it, though. I, I still need this fight. Okay. Oh, I want to see it. I need I think this Conor, fight. Honestly, in my opinion, uh, in. I forgot who said it this week. Uh, I think it was DC and uh, Ariel Hawani. If Habib was not in that division, then Conor McGregor would still be champ. I, I just don't think a lot of people beat If Conor McGregor didn't throw a hand truck through a bus, would he still be champion? Yes. <laughs> see, the one thing I want to see, Jalen, from Conor McGregor is him defend a title. That's all I want to see. Nah. No. <laughs> no, he doesn't need to, man. He I, want, need I want him to. just continuously. I want him to win the one. I want him to win one forty-five, win the one fifty-five, win the one seventy, and every single time he has to defend it, just drop down, go back down the opposite way, and then work his way back up each time. <laughs> 70, 55, 45, 45, gonna be, he's gonna be a champion <laughs> like nine times, but how many title defenses is he gonna have? Not one. <laughs> No, not one. It's gonna be like the WWE where you have like twenty-one time WWE champion. <laughs> it's like how can you lose the belt twenty-one times? <laughs> hey, that'd be an accomplishment on his own. Uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I, I hope. I truly hope that they accept this fight because that. Yeah. At the very least, the only thing they need to do, we wouldn't be worrying about this because we could have gotten Poirier and Ferguson. Bottom line, Dana White, pay the man. Honestly, I want to see them fight because I want to see whoever wins that fight fight against the winner of Gaethje versus Habib. So I can't wait for that fight. Yeah. Gaethje's winning. Just you heard it here now. Gaethje's I'm winning. I'm for Gaethje. Like I, I have nothing. I, I love. I love Habib. He's yeah. He's he's a he's a great person and a I great woman. I used to not like him, but for some reason I used to not like him. I don't know why. I think it was just more it's of a like Conor a, effect. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor just drove my hatred for people that I didn't know anything about. Like he, like, he was like, you rat. Like, he was like, you rat. I was like, yeah, you rat. I'm like, I don't know why I'm calling him rat. I don't know why we're calling him a rat. I think but it was Carson, a post-fight antics of him fighting the corner and jumping the cage that made me not like him. I think that's what I it think was. So. Honestly, because I feel like, for me, like, we've seen Conor McGregor talk trash to people and then people just get mad and try to fight him and lose. But for somebody to, like, get that trash talk and he actually – like, it's like you used to – like, hey, and poking somebody and then they finally just snap See, and now start I flipping See, I respect chairs. it. I respect him jumping the octagon, to be honest. In In, in a weird messed up in way. My but opinion, the, 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 the moral of the story, Jalen, is that don't talk trash to a guy that's wrestled a bear. Oh, no. I'll what do you mean you don't know? Fight. Because what if you win that fight? Now you're the dude who kicked the dude's ass who beat a bear. It's a high risk, though. Very high, high risk. It's a, it's a high risk. But Connor has lost nothing from that. Like, he lost <laughs> the belt. But that's it. Like, he's still on top of his game. And he uh, fought a dude who fought a bear. Like, 
<laughs> what happened? All you do is if you lose, what happened? That dude kicked the bears ass. I'm not mad I lost. <laughs> You're safe. You're protected no matter what. <laughs> on, Whatever. The, on the topic of fighting bears, I think we just Honestly, had... Peter should have been on Conor McGregor's side. I, I was really hoping that we saw a PETA Conor McGregor shirt uh, because Habib was fighting bears. Uh, now, if we want to talk PETA, let's just... Uh... If you want to be like PETA, just find a uh, take a dog from its owner and then just put it down, because that's exactly what wow. they do. Yeah. Hey, y'all heard it here in fourth long. We just talk facts, but that's going to wrap it for us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure to check out our shop. We've had some new entries, whether it be AFL themed or even a brand new tri blend fourth and long T-shirt. Tri blend is legitimately comfortable cotton, and I. It's one of my favorite shirts. Fitting, you know what I'm saying? We got multiple sizes, multiple colors. You I know hope we have multiple sizes. Shirts. Also, we still have the fourth long <laughs> fanny pack. No one's bought that yet. You can be, be the, pack. Be, Jalen, think of this. Think of this. Imagine being the one, the very first person to own the coveted fourth and long fanny pack. If you're the first person to buy a fourth and long fanny pack, take a picture of it when it comes in, and we will feature you on an episode. Oh, we we do more than just feature you. We probably just have, we you can give you us a, uh, you can give us a sentence, and we play that on the episode within reason. You could mm. you have my shares in the company. <laughs> Which not is none. Uh, <laughs> but check us out on Twitter at fourth long radio, Instagram at fourth and long radio, www fourthandlong.com we are on spotify apple podcasts anchor youtube anywhere else you find your podcasts we are there and uh talking Conor mcgregor we've said this we're not here to take place we're here to take over ladies and gentlemen so check out all of our fun stuff this is going to do it for this week's episode and we'll see you in maybe episode 54 maybe nfl week four breakdown or or just in any other show you want to listen to have a great well, time and the... just play something on Spotify. We'll, we'll be there for just you. Just put on shuffle. Put on shuffle. Put on shuffle. <laughs> put on shuffle. But ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you in the next show. Have a great day.